Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on Halloween, 31st of October, my mum's birthday. First time I knew my mum's age was when I read it on her coffin. Turned out she was five years older than dad. Didn't tell us that. Anyway, happy birthday, mum. Archie's bought the lollies to fend off the irritating hordes. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Right, we're having a better day today, as you doubtless know. Market was up 44 at best today. On the back of Wall Street, having a 500-point bounce, 1.6%. There are a few stocks in the Dow Jones. It's only got 30 stocks in the index, few stocks in the Dow Jones having particularly good days. So the S&P 500 only up 1.2%, and the NASDAQ as well. Oil price down around 3% overnight. The Israeli-Hamas conflict seemingly cooling down. I'm not sure if you were there, you'd agree with that. And reading a few commentators, the obvious concern is that the Americans will get involved, that Iran will get involved, and then we have a direct conflict between Iran and the US, and then China gets involved, then Russia gets involved. Let's hope it doesn't. For the moment, oil price down 3%, although the energy sector is holding up today, and resources, which have held up very well whilst the market's been falling over, now looking like a defensive sector. Market goes up, resources go down, and gold loses its colour as well. That sector down 1.8% today. We've got a very busy week this week. We have the Fed, Bank of Japan today, and Bank of England as well. The Fed decision is out at 6pm on Wednesday US time. So that'll be Thursday morning our time, if I've got that right. And there's actually a 1.7% chance of a rate cut. Good luck with that expectation. Very unlikely there'll be any change to the recent rhetoric, which turned from higher for longer to high enough and back to higher for longer. So no change expected and expecting the usual rhetoric will keep rates up as long as necessary. The strategist who wrote something to the effect of the Fed will wring every drop of risk out of the inflation debate before cutting rates is probably right, in which case we're really looking at rate cuts probably middle of next year at this point, at least that's the expectation. That may change. We have a US jobs number on Friday. Jobs a crucial element. The Bank of Japan decision today is possibly going to see some tightening of their yield curve control. In other words, allowing bond yields to rise over 1%. If you look at the chart in my section today, you'll see Japan lags the rest of the world in tightening policy. They may be about to start. And then we have a Bank of England meeting this week. That is on Thursday midday. So Friday night, Friday morning for us. Sorry, Thursday night, Friday morning for us. They are widely expected to leave interest rates unchanged. It does rather amaze me that whilst China has disappointed us with a growth rate of 4.9% in the last quarter, the Bank of England's growth forecasts for this year and next year are 0.5%. They describe it as a very subdued economic outlook. Not sure I'd be buying the UK stock market against that backdrop. We have, of course, an RBA meeting on Tuesday, Melbourne Cup Day. We've also got a lot of US results this week. Apple, 
McDonald's. McDonald's was up 1.7% on results last night. Caterpillar, Pfizer, Mondelez, Starbucks, Eli Lilly, amongst others. Half of the S&P 500 has reported so far. We also have Eurozone GDP and inflation numbers tonight, I think. And GDP is expected to contract by 0.1% in the third quarter with an annual growth rate of 0.2%. Europe going nowhere at the moment. Right, that's the boring stuff. As any readers of the weekend email will know, I am not going to be convinced by a one-day rally on Wall Street to change our cash settings. It's going to take more than one day. And as one newswire wrote it up, there is less pessimism. And that means there is not necessarily any convincing optimism yet. And we will need more than one good day in a fairly savage downtrend. Now, on the chart front, even the non-chartists are now quoting the charts because the S&P 500 has dropped through the 200-day moving average and it's broken a support trend line, all available on the chart in my section today. And a lot is going to depend on the FOMC meeting, whether they continue their hawkishness, which they should prudently, or whether they are going to get miraculously dovish, very unlikely. And then we have the jobs number, so plenty to push us around. But just have a look at the charts on the S&P 500. Amusingly, somebody sent me a snippet from Jonathan Payne's weekly email. If you want to subscribe to that, there is a link. It's called The Payne Report. There's a link in my newsletter today. No commissions for you signing up to that. Actually, Jonathan Payne makes Marcus today look far too noisy. He charges $1,000 for a year and sends one weekly email. Good email though, so there's a link to that. But he has a fabulous chart. Whilst everything's going down, he's got a fabulous chart breaking the 200-day moving average on the upside. And there's just been a bit of a golden cross and you'd be buying this trend. And actually what he's done is he's inverted the S&P 500 chart. Just to make the point, you wouldn't be selling this trend at the moment. In other words, you wouldn't be buying the S&P 500 at the moment. Jonathan's a bit of a perma bear, but always good to have another angle. And then I've got a link to an article on investing.com. They have a few tech analysts. One of them here, Declan Fallon, has got some interesting charts, again, of the S&P 500 showing a breakdown from support. Also, the NASDAQ showing a breakdown and also the Russell 2000. So the Russell 2000 is 2000 stocks in the US as opposed to 30 in the Dow or 500 in the S&P 500, obviously. The Russell 2000 is 2000 stocks. So it tends to incorporate smaller companies and that is right on support, support that has held a couple of times last year and the risk is that it breaks below that now. So uh, obvious message. All the technical signals show US markets to be oversold. They've all broken support and they're all heading lower. Of course, it's when the whole herd is stampeding that the opportunities arise and we wait for a turn in sentiment. Not much point reacting now. So cash it is in the strategy portfolio. Cash it is in the BHP portfolio. Cash it is in the Quarry portfolio. We still have a couple of ideas running. One was trying to time Telstra, a long-term timing point, trying to buy it at a yield of more than 6%, which we've done in this market. We're doing well to hold our own in the ideas portfolio. And the other one we have is Northern Star. It's the quick or the dead gold stock, obviously. It was just representative of gold and the idea that when the Hamas-Israeli war broke out, we should be buying gold. So it's representative of all the gold 
stocks and all the ETFs over gold. And the gold price is, although it's off $10 overnight, the gold price is still in uptrend. Should the Hamas-Israeli war sort itself out, we'd be selling that. And notably, one bad day today, and Northern Star has lost half its gain. So we're up about 2.5-3% at the moment. And that's the portfolios. We're still doing a bit of work on our newsletter colours, which will identify which areas of the newsletter are for which style of investor. Also helps you identify what style of investor you are and whether you're mixing styles. Doing a bit of long-term stuff and a bit of trading stuff is the most usual. Other observations today, have a look at the charts of bond yields still going up and particularly in Australia, see what the Fed meeting and the RBA meeting do for us. But until bond yields materially peak out, it's hard to be optimistic about buying equities. And the other observation is, have a look at the charts in my section lithium getting nailed again overnight. Sigma lithium down 8.6%, Albemarle down 5.2%. This is on our global stock price table every morning in the pre-market report. You can see all these. Sprott lithium down 3.2%, Piedmont down 2.8%, Livent down 3.1%. I still don't know how to pronounce that. But lithium stock's still going down. I told you it was a trend. You take your life in your hands buying this at the moment. It's a bit like the BNP style fad collapse. I wouldn't be buying for the bottom yet. Notably, Albemarle pulled out of their bid for Liontown recently. Have a look at the chart of the Albemarle share price in my section. It is 62% off the top less than a year ago. And for them to ambitiously take on a bid for Liontown, when they did, their share price was $240. It's now $127. It's halved. No wonder they pulled out and it's down from $334 to $127 in the last year. So it's going to be very hard for lithium companies to fulfill their ambitions if their share prices are going down. And Pilbara Minerals is down 32% from the top. Mineral Resources, 38%. All came down 43%. And no sign of relief in any of those yet. So I'm not a buyer of lithium. I know Henry will have other opinions. You can read Henry's take for those. So not much to report today. It's still in cash, I'm afraid. Very boring. Other quick stories. The AFR Super and Wealth Summit is now going on in Melbourne. Tesla down 4.8% overnight. Notably, the Bank of America, which downgraded the lithium price, their lithium price forecast a couple of weeks ago and kicked off this massive sell-off in lithium stocks. Notably, their theme has been a slow take-up or slowing growth rate of electric vehicle sales expectations. So as I say, Tesla down 4.8% overnight. I would just point out Tesla was $414 at the beginning of last year. It is now more than halved, $197. And it is down from $299 to $197 since July. So just to note, this whole EV lithium thing still folding up. I'm sure it'll turn at some point, create some fabulous trading opportunities, but it is clearly not at the moment. UBS expects the Reserve Bank to keep interest rates higher for longer. First rate cut they reckon will be November next year. Of course, we just had a higher than expected CPI number, and we've seen Michelle Bullock in the last week saying she will not hesitate to raise rates. Liontown Resources had trading update today, up 0.6% today. They are now back to 160 
65 cents. The capital raising they did recently was at 180 cents. So there are a lot of institutional fund managers feeling a bit shitty about taking that placement. Brickworks ex-dividend today. Endeavour Group, which is Dan Murphy's plus hotels and BWS, isn't it? Up 2% today, had their AGM. Treasury Wine Estates in a trading halt buying something. A premium wine business in California. After the 3% fall in the oil price, it's been going up all day. The oil price is just about back to where it was when the Hamas raid into Israel happened on October the 7th. Morgan Stanley says, We remain in a bear market, a period that may feature strong rallies and recurring corrections while staying mostly range-bound. We've got some Chinese PMI numbers today at 12.30. Manufacturing PMI expected to stay over 50 at 50.2 for the second month. And although I will lose you with the jargon, the US Federal Reserve, sorry, not the US Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department in the US has their quarterly refunding announcement before the FOMC meeting announcing new borrowing plans. Will they borrow more or less? If they're going to be borrowing more, they are going to be issuing more bonds and is likely to put more pressure on the bond market and raise bond yields. And there you go. As I leave you, market looking a little bit better up 35 now. Dow futures down 20. NASDAQ futures down 36. Bond yields here pretty much unchanged, up a tiny touch. Qantas up 3% today. They are looking like a trading buy if you didn't know what it was and it was just the price of oranges on an East End Barrow Boys Barrow. You'd probably be buying them. They are down from 670 to 470 and they've just bounced to 495. Technically looks like a buy. Also if the Israeli Hamas war eases up you're probably going to see a bit of a relief rally in travel stocks anyway. So might add that as a trade. I think Henry may have written about it. Waiting for the Bank of Japan and the Chinese PMI numbers. You have a fabulous day. Sorry, it's all a bit pedestrian today. I will be back tomorrow. <laughs>